I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched Rankin Bass's The Flight of Dragons. I'd never seen this before. I didn't really know what to expect other than the fact that dragons are in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I'd like seen the poster or whatever. So I like kind of knew what one of the main dragons looked like. Um, but yeah, I, I went into this not really having any idea what it was about. Same. Which of us wants to do a spoiler free plot synopsis? I'm turning this into a song, apparently. Do you want to do it? Okay. So there's basically a conflict in the world between like magic and the growing reliance on technology and logic and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that kind of starts off this whole adventure because I don't remember his name. What's his name? Cornelius? Carolinus. Carolinus meets up with uh, his his wizard bros, Mm -hmm. um, which includes a water guy, a... It was like a kind of like meditative... uh... A meditative Asian guy. Yeah, like... (laughs) Which sounds worse. Inter- yeah, like <laughs> transcendence and, and like Sure, that, that guy and then an evil guy who they have to invite to the brotherly powwow because that's just like the rules. The, the rules. The, yeah. Uh, what's it's called? The antiquity. Yeah, the antiquity has lots of rules that they have to follow. Yep. And that's like, why does the thing have to be away? Oh, because antiquity said. It's basically like a lot of the logic in the movie and you just kind of have to go with it. They get together and they're like, how are we going to handle this? And the the three ones that aren't evil are like, oh, we'll like create a magic land that we can go chill in. And the evil one's like, that sounds like BS. I'm just going to like rule over people with magic because he's the evil one. Of course, he's going to say that. Well, not quite that. It was like, he's like, I'm going to I'm going to twist their technology to like suit my needs and stuff and well basically to get them to destroy each other right he wants i will which he's like he's playing the long game so okay yeah um so so then basically the whole rest of the movie is oh we need to stop the evil guy Mm -hmm. despite there being a whole thread of we need to have the evil guy because without evil what is good but that just gets dropped Pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, yeah, the basic, basically the rest of the movie is just, like, trying to defeat this guy, which involves bringing a dude from the 21st century who's a writer um, into the fantasy past to help out with stuff um, because prophecy mumbo jumbo because antiquity yeah yeah yeah. and so he and and some other people go on a quest and they get more members as they go along to, to defeat the evil guy. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend this? I. It it's hard, isn't it? Wasn't, it? it wasn't bad. It was generally enjoyable. There was a lot of parts I liked. Yeah, but. There was some pretty egregious stuff I didn't like. Yeah. That got more pronounced as stuff went on. And and it looked it looked Rankin and Bass like sure they but, have a style so if you like that style perhaps yeah like if you've seen like the Rankin and Bass uh, Hobbit or Return of the King or uh, Last Unicorn like you basically know what to expect visually um, yeah it's in the those veins yeah like I think the Last Unicorn does more interesting things though so if which it, were- it came after this so that's fair uh, yeah I I. I think they they wanted to 
to like they had a a reason to do this and and there was definitely the ending had a point but i i don't know if it really held up so i don't know i don't know if i'd recommend this like if if you wanted to watch it i'd be like yeah it's, it's pretty it's fine uh, i wouldn't be like oh it's it's garbage don't even bother i'd be like yeah sure if you want like there's some cool stuff in there but I think if they're like, ah, oh, you've seen a lot of, of animated movies now, <laughs> like this one wouldn't be if on you've, the top of the list. If you've, say, been doing a podcast bi-weekly or even before that weekly, mm-hmm. it, wherein you watch a bunch of animated movies like uh, every week, then maybe this isn't like an upper tier one, you know? <laughs> maybe you're starting to be much more discerning about movies. <laughs> I would recommend it and I want everyone to see it and I'll tell you why because I need everyone to latch on to the whole concept of dragons breathing in and like floating up as they're all round and then having to release fire to float back down. I love it and like think of how much better Game of Thrones would have been if Daenerys's dragons operated like that. <laughs> also if like the showrunners hadn't been the people in charge and it had been less sexist but like the dragons that would have been really cool right i'm sure I wonder... even if it was in that last season that everyone hates that i've only read about like but if the if the one dragon that she had was still like being like that that'd be <laughs> like i would still have watched it just to see that, that I'm probably was... just the dragon scenes but that was delightful yes i can't remember if I've read a few dragon things in my in my youth. Um, I had like a book of just a bunch of different types of dragons that were all like beautifully illustrated. One yeah. of those like big tall books. Oh, those just... are rad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If if somebody or if there's a list of like, oh yeah, this is how their dragons operate. These are how our dragons operate. I'd I'd read that thing. I'd be like, cool. Like let me let me experience more of that sort of dragon. Yeah. But outside the dragon thing, um, I think I'd probably recommend it. But with caveats, like it, it has a lot of issues. Um, I think I'm glad to have watched it. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'd watch the whole thing again. I might just watch parts of it. I don't know. But We're I, th- not I, th- sure. we'll I think it's I think it's worth checking out. So tentatively uh, pending our whole conversation that it'll be the rest of this episode. I think I'd recommend it. On the lower end of my recommendations, but still. Let's get... No. (laughs) I keep stealing it from you. You should go. (laughs) But I loved it. (laughs) Steal it from me. No, no, you go. Let's get specific. (laughs) So before we actually get specific, fun facts. This film loosely combines the speculative natural history book of the same name from 1979 by Peter Dickinson, with the novel The Dragon and the George from 1976 by Gordon R. Dixon. Okay. They have kind of similar names, but they're different names. Yeah, I know. I'd be curious about that speculative book and if it, like, explained dragons that way. Right. And I'd be like, oh, that's that's a really cool nod. And story-wise, it kind of took... It was kind of a, a tangent, but I yeah. enjoyed it. So Yeah, it was some of the best parts of the movie, I think. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, if you've seen the movie, one of the main character, the guy who is taken from the 21st century, is named Peter Dickinson, and it's supposed to be the same dude. There's even a reference to him being in the process of writing that book. 
And then later it's like, oh, you do end up finishing it, but don't read what happens because yeah. he's got because the magic guy's got like a library just of books from the future. Um, so so yeah, that um, is interesting that mm-hmm. it's based on these two kind of things, and one of the things is like a speculative natural history book. That's fun. In September 2012, an official live action film was announced. Now cancelled, a production team was set to work on the project for a 2015 release date, including contributions from Mari Laws, Chris Akelios, and Wayne Anderson. The film was loosely based on The Dragon Knight by Gordon R. Dixon. So, that could have existed in another timeline. (laughs) I'm not sure how it would have been, but let's talk about that more in animation, I guess, since we can speculate with what would it have been if it was like if it was live action since they actually considered doing that? Yeah. Be worth talking about. Let's start getting specific. Here's one of my favorite things. When a swan appeared very early in the movie, you were like, what an ugly duck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I'm so funny. You're so funny. This is not the only thing that I wrote down as a quote from you. <laughs> also, I put, the good needs the contrast of evil thing is neat, but... You know, too bad that didn't go anywhere. Yes. Spoilers, that doesn't go anywhere. Um, Which is a bummer to introduce that concept and do nothing with it. It's like just an excuse to have him in on the plan and decide to do his own thing. Yeah, yeah. And nothing else. Yeah. The story felt pretty standard and and for it to like to have rules like oh, we need at least 3 people to like start a quest. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's just like part of the rule. <laughs> yeah, it felt it's like oh, okay, I guess by story structure sure. Uh, oh sure. But the the pacing was a little weird, especially at the end. There's a lot of build up before they actually go on the quest that is the rest of the movie. Yeah. You know? Like there's a lot of build up about before you even introduce the guy from the 21st century with like what's going on with the magic and, and what the plans are of of these four magic guys and stuff. And, and then once the, once Peter gets here, Mm -hmm. there, there's a whole lot of stuff with him and him like being like, Oh wow. Dragons are cool. And and he ends up getting combined with one of the dragons uh, fairly relatively early on. And then there's a, a whole bunch of stuff of him learning how to, operate the body of a dragon and um learning and trying to scientifically determine like how dragons work and it's honestly some of the more interesting things even if describing it it doesn't sound like it yeah like yeah that's those are good character moments but yeah i guess it's at the expense of having the journey feel interesting at all yeah and and i wonder if that's just kind of like modern sensibilities taking over and because I thought the fight would go a certain way, and it didn't. But that's the fight at the end. Yeah, which I can talk more about. Yeah, there. we'll talk about more later. But 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 story wise, yeah, I think the assessment that the more kind of extraneous things were were the most interesting, and like the the meat essentially of the story. Was... Yeah, like I I really love the way that the movie rationalizes typical dragon things, like how they fly and why they sleep on gold because they ignite typical bedding. Like that's just fun nerdy stuff. Like, oh, we actually like thought about world building how these dragons work. And it's neat. And it's like that's that's almost certainly the stuff that you're taking from the actual The Flight of Dragons book. Yeah. Um because because yeah, it it sounds 
like stuff a nerd would say about how dragon how this fake thing works yeah it's, a, a it's nerd, like reading wikipedia yeah it's great it's what a nerd would like to read and be like oh yeah that makes sense which yeah, yeah if i would yeah if that's the sort of thing i'd be like yeah i'd love to have a copy of that book just to like look and uh, we should look into that book yeah i'm sure the art would be cool like i'd, I'd definitely be interested yeah um which i think it's 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 funny compared to like meet the robinsons where the book was like oh these are the robinsons and these guys are so weird and th- that's the part of the movie where it's like that was really boring yeah. <laughs> or, like just super random and i didn't like it it's here it's like oh this is the interesting part of yeah. the film is like i assume some of the other stuff is from the second book that they have like a lot of the actual story stuff i guess that's sure. my assumption with with how the first, how the flight of dragons is described as a speculative history book or whatever yeah there's a lot of good quotes in here i'm one of the <laughs> magic not- brothers i should know a limpid pool when i see one that's a fun one. Oh, what's the one with the... Uh, I have trust the judgment of the antiquity. Which he, was like yelled from a tree that represented the antiquity. Yeah, yeah. And Carolina's like, I do, I do. He's like, oh my gosh. Okay. It's like, whoa, don't kill me. Yes, yes. Uh, At one uh, point, someone said, what? No armies? And you said, what? No leggies? Because <laughs> you're hilarious. <laughs> I make myself laugh. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, one of the things that I, I didn't like was uh, illustrated in this quote. So so What's-His-Face made a Flight of Dragons board game, and the, the figures were miraculously like characters that have existed. The that... four magic dudes and the dragon, the one dragon. And, and then also this uh, Carolinus's adopted daughter, Princess... Melisande. And so whenever Peter gets to the land, like, she's there too. And he comments that, oh, I made her everything I ever wanted in a woman. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about the house hold up section, let's say. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> hmm, okay. Yeah, that was the first really kind of troubling sign of how this movie was going to handle the two women that are in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will save I will save more quotes for how's it hold up. How about wow, what a movie show. I liked that quote. Oh yes, yes. Or cider makes evil magic in the stomach <laughs> because it just like gives him gas or something. <laughs> Before the quest begins, I hope there's time for a hot cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that guy. What's what's his name? Can we talk? I don't, I don't know what is He's his like name. He's like Sir something or other. His name is dumb and long. Where is it? <laughs> Sir Oren Neville Smythe. Oh, he also voices Gorbash. I liked his his accent and like his interpretation when he came in of like, yes, yes, I am a knight, but like I'm not uncivilized. Like I'd love some tea, please. Yeah, like the voice acting and written lines for him are weird, kind of in an endearing way, except for the stuff in the house that hold up section. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's a weird character that I have very conflicting feelings on. Yeah, like, he, there was a whole thing where he was telling his story about well, how he ended up well, meeting Princess Melisande. Yeah, but... But the story itself was interesting of, like, he had to fight the bad guy's dragon. Yeah. Because that dragon was just eating dragon eggs. So rude. And, and he saved... 
He's, one. Yes, he saved one, but he's like, well, it might seem silly to, like, risk your life for an egg, but, like... Chivalry and all that. It, it felt like it. <laughs> I think yeah. he literally said basically that. <laughs> and it's like, all right, dude. As you see him getting, like, beaten around, he's like, well, he got his hits and I got mine. <laughs> and it's mostly showing him getting, you know, beat up. Yeah. Um... Yeah, there's some endearing things about him. Definitely. But then some things that we'll talk about in another section. Yes. Um, Can we talk about how they just rob dwarf mines? That's so mean. (laughs) That's so mean. The dragons just, like, go to dwarf mines and yell at them to bring them gems or something. Yes. And and then it's like, now run off or I'll eat you. And, And that's like... The only appearance of dwarves in this movie, and it's yeah. messed up. Peter was like, are we really going to eat them? And he's like, no, they're too hairy and sinewy. It's like, oh, is that the only reason? Rather yes, than yes. that'd be a horrible thing to do? Yeah. Yeah, that that was messed up. <laughs> also, that's limestone. A puny man word, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> the whole scene where he's figuring out the science behind dragons is, like, silly and ultimately extraneous, but fun. Yeah, no. Well, because, like... When they they showed dragons, there was an intro part before the story started where the credits were going, and and we saw them kind of floating up without using their wings, and it's like visually they were they were showing what what it was like, and so we kind of had an idea of oh they like float up like with because of helium maybe or something. They're gas gaseous creatures. Which honestly is something that I, for some reason, see a lot more in science fiction is like the notion of gaseous creatures that like float above the ground. Yeah, yeah, I know. Star Wars and Mass Effect, at least, I think. And but but yeah, and then we saw different images or, or animations of them like blowing out fire. Oh, Watto. That's the Star Wars one. I was trying to like, I'm like, I know there's something in Star Wars. Watto. Twitterians. Anyways. Sure. <laughs> Uh, like blowing out air as they descend or blowing out fire as they descend. Uh, and so, yeah, we kind of had an idea, but then to have it confirmed, like, so explicitly yes. within the film, we're like, oh, yeah, we knew it. And it then, was so good. Yeah. Uh, and then it kind of got more into why. And that was fun. Yeah. It's like nerdy, but like fun. Yeah. It's just, it's good. Nice chat. What? Said, <laughs> he said to his horse that he was alone in a forest talking to. can the f- the hair reveal for Danielle, that's just so eye rolly. Well, Which I, I mean, guess is really a how's it hold up also, but like. But even then, the the stuff that they were saying, you you felt it coming. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, we have to tell that dude that he's such a cool dude. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, he's not a dude. Awesome. Yeah. I understand it before we even right. see her. Right. Uh, yeah, because it's. I would say it would. You would be like, oh. We have to thank that stranger for helping us. Right. Like, you wouldn't be so emphasis of like, what a manly man who is such a great shot because he's a man. It's like, okay, it's we like got this it. it's like this movie was written by men or something. <laughs> and it's like we're really gonna get them. We're saying that he's a man, but then let's oh, they wow, see her. what a twist I couldn't have seen coming. Yeah. Oh, I liked uh so there's a scene later in the movie where they're staying in an inn or whatever, and an ogre ends up, like, attacking and basically demolishing the inn. But the two dragons, um, we haven't even actually talked about the second dragon. There's the main dragon, who Peter ends up 
merging with for most of the movie. That's Gorbash. Yes. And then there's the fight when he saved him was a bit gory and then got some good bashes in or something like that. Like literally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then uh, there's the uncle who's like kind of a smurgle who's like an older dragon (laughs) who who helps teach him how to be a dragon and stuff like that yeah um but they were in the cellar um so they like wake up the next morning and like the whole thing's in rubble and um what's the uh peter slash gorbash 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 is like did we and then smurgle's like don't admit anything yes literally He's <laughs> so they always talk about him being old, and I guess he's just like lived a life. He's like, nah. We... There's a part where he's like, I'm gonna go fly off to mate, and it's like, okay. It's <laughs> um, the randy old dragon. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm gonna tell you the the way of dragons. Like, you hear some stuff, you're like, maybe let's go mate. Uh, you go hold up some dwarves to get some gems so you can eat them, and then if anything looks like it's going wrong, you say nothing. <laughs> So it's messed like, up. Okay, these are the rules of the dragons. I hope <laughs> I hope all of this is in the book. If it's not, I'm going to be really disappointed. Right. Okay, uh, let's talk about some of the voice acting in this movie, huh? For one, Omadon, our main villain, is voiced by James Earl Jones. Yeah. So obviously he does a great job. This is 1982, so like Star Wars had already happened. So I'm sure when they hired him to play this role, they knew that he was good at villain voices. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, he does a great job. Uh, he's he's James Earl Jones. He does amazing. There's also two other voice actors I want to call out. Uh, well, I guess John Ritter's in here. <laughs> yeah. Peter's played by John Ritter. Um, if you care who John Ritter is. What's he's been in like three, Three's Company and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he died uh, a bit ago. But Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Um, but um, Lote Zhao and Giles the Elf were both voiced by Don Messick, okay. who is a prolific voice actor who voiced a lot of Hanna-Barbera characters, especially like the original Scooby-Doo, Boo-Boo Bear and Ranger Smith, Astro, Muttley, Papa Smurf and Azrael, the cat, mm. and Hampton and Tiny Toon Adventures. Oh, he okay. died in 1997, I think, but... Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I didn't look to the causes, but I think he I think he had a pretty long life. Um, and yeah, he voiced a lot of characters, especially those ones. And also, he voiced this Asian character in this movie. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, and then Solarius, the Blue Wizard, and Antiquity were voiced by Paul Fries, who was uh, another prolific, uh, even more old school voice actor who did vo- roles like Ludwig von Drake from. Um, the wide world the disney show or whatever mm-hmm. he's you know the d- scientist duck guy boris badenov um from rocky and bullwinkle and mm. tons of lesser known roles uh he was a contemporary of mel blank and mm-hmm. was kind of consi- I, I don't think he ended up getting as many iconic roles as mel blank did because i mean mel blank had looney tunes cornered so yeah. um but he he did he was basically as prolific as mel blank in terms of just Doing so many voices. I actually really liked the Blue Wizard a lot because the was Blue like, Wizard's pretty great. He's like he's also right. like a black character, and I'm ninety nine percent sure Paul Freeze is also white. But you know, but as a character, he like early on, he's like, okay, we'll go take him down, whatever. And then their tower shakes, and Antiquity is like, no, no, you guys can't <laughs> fight each other. And he's like, okay, I'll give them my rad shield. And it's like, okay, dude, awesome. And then he... He just really wants to be a part of it. And he, like, he, later, like, there's an, a character that comes up, and he saves the crew from, like, these really bad 
sand rat. Yeah, I forget what they're sand, sand something. Sand something or other. What's that character's name? Maybe Burp. Break? Sure. He's a wolf, and he yeah. got murdered by a, a squid. A squid that he fought, and and so since he's in the water, Slaris is like, "I will give you life if you go save these guys." And he's like, "They're my friends, sure, but you'll you'll make me live." And he's like, "How about now?" And like, "No, not now. After, because it's important that it's not now." Yeah. Uh, and so he's just helping out where he can, and so I really appreciate him. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's rad. Um, oh, and then the, uh, uh, Lo Te Jiao gave, he was the one that gave them a flute? Yes, he so, had the flute. So, the crew has a shield and a flute. And then, so later Which are basically just, like, Chekhov's guns that are sitting there, like, at some point these are gonna matter. Yes, yes. Um, so, Solarius, I, I liked him a lot, actually. Yeah, no, same. Anything else non-spoilery? With uh, the story, characters, voice acting. Uh, I don't think so. All right, then let's go on to animation. I loved how the dragons looked. All the dragon designs are really rad and round. Yes. <laughs> um, except for the snake one. Um, the, the I guess he's Chinese. He, uh, uh, that he has. Yeah, um, I think the name is Chinese. And yeah, just like the dragon just inhaled and grew big and started floating. And I yeah, love it. They all look like balloons. <laughs> it's and they're so, so good. good. Yeah. I yeah. like the one that Solarius had too, the the pink one. Oh yeah, she made me think of a gecko. Was it she? Like I don't I don't think it ever talked. Did he ever refer to it with pronouns? I don't know. It's pink and like given given how the writing is in this movie, yeah, it's probably a girl, but I don't think it was ever actually confirmed one way or another. I'm not sure, but she was lovely. Uh, and she made me think of a gecko. Uh, yeah. With her eyes. I yeah. think so, yeah. But animation-wise, yeah, like, it was of a certain style. Uh, a Rankin-Bass sort of style. Yes. It's not like it's not like Disney smooth or anything, no. but I mean, I... I think it's pretty well done. Like yeah. I think I think it's it's very stylized and overall I enjoy the style. I definitely like it some with certain characters more than others, but generally I, I enjoy the style. And like the animation level is overall pretty good. Like it overall flows pretty well. It definitely isn't usually on ones or anything, but I mean I think generally it looks pretty good. Yeah, I didn't have any issue with it technically. Yeah. Was there anything especially worth talking about um i mean mostly that the dragons are rad as heck and they're like the reason to watch the movie <laughs> it's because they are cool to watch and also how they work is amazing yes there's the ogre design was interesting oh yeah the yeah i liked the worm too which you see later in spoiler section yeah 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 the, there's some interesting designs it's it's good but uh, not stand out i guess if you like yeah. that style or if you're aware, like it's it's that, I guess. What would the movie have been like if it were live action? Since apparently they were considering making it so. And do you think you would have enjoyed it as much? Well, I mean, so are we talking about it in terms of that time or because the, li the live action? I guess is... let's think about both. What would it have been like if it was in the 80s? And what would it have been like if it was in the early 2000s? Or at mid-2000s. They're expected to release it in 2015. Early 80s. I don't know what they would have done with the dragons. And I was just trying to think, what if they did like a Pete's Dragon situation where some... Or never-ending story. Well, if it's some... If it's like some animation in some real life, that would have still been 
Yeah. Awkward, especially when you're making. They wouldn't character. have been able to capture the bloatingness very well, I don't think. In in animation if it was, or no, sorry, if it was like a never-ending story kind of puppet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't think it's impossible, but I, I, I don't think it would have been as clear. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah, I don't. I think the animation if, was good for this one at yeah. the time, and for something. But how about in 2015? I I think I don't know if the I mean, story it would have been a lot of CG, obviously. I don't know if the story would have held up for something as <sighs> probably. I mean, they would have had to change it a lot, I imagine. Yeah, which isn't. It's isn't, good because the story doesn't hold up. <laughs> yeah, and it's not uncommon to to modify those things. Right, like Disney does and always does really well. Um, I think <laughs> your, it would have been more. Yeah. I feel like they probably would have gone with like a more action oriented bent, and I. In some ways, they probably could have easily made it better, but I feel like they would have cut some of the stuff that makes it fun, like yeah. the the fun, like how dragons work and stuff. I don't know. And the whole, I don't, I don't know if the ending of the story. They yeah, could, I would, they would have changed that. Like we'll talk almost about certainly. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be I'd be interested. I'd be curious. I'd have to see some din- or some dinosaur. I'd have to see some dragon designs. Yes. They're to, pretty intricate, so, like, you gotta have some intricate... Like, they can't just look like the Game of Thrones dragons. They have to look weird and cool. Yeah, I'd have to see some dragon designs. And design. round. Mm-hmm. What else? That's... I mean, that's all I have for this section. You yeah. wanna go on the sound design? Sure. That song at the beginning was great. I yes. think it is also called The Flight of Dragons. Let me verify that. Yes, it is called The Flight of Dragons. It is performed by Don McLean, and um, it's great. That song, like the beginning of the movie, I was like, everything it's doing is working for me. Yeah. <laughs> like just showing the cool dragons and, and this and this fun, like, kind of hokey 80s song. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's great. It's like, we got this song, definitely of the time. I'm feeling it. Yeah. We got these dragons. Look great. Floaty. What's that about? Let's watch it. It yeah. definitely set, it set the vibe. Some Some movies open, like, slow and boring or just like are not necessarily hooking me from the first moment but like the beginning of this movie I was I was more excited for it than like my opinion of it was higher than than it ended up being by the end which isn't to say that I think it's a terrible movie but like the the beginning does a lot a lot right I feel like yeah and and the song helps that yes uh otherwise oh let me see who's the uh Mari Laws is the main composer um I, I mean I think the the score was good. Um, I can't think of stuff that really su- super stood out to me, but I enjoyed Same. it. Um, and interestingly, multi Emmy award winning film and television composer Carl Johnson recreated several tracks from the animation for the live action adaptation. Oh. Um, and though the film was put on hiatus, three of the completed tracks were released online. Well, we gotta get those. We're I know, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the score was was good, um, and that song in the beginning was very good if i mean if you like that sort of thing at least we both did <laughs> yeah it was enjoyable yeah. i mean if you're gonna watch a movie like this what do you expect yeah if you're gonna watch an 80s fantasy movie by rankin bass like you should be cool with the with the song in the beginning of the movie <laughs> yeah yeah you're like ah yes exactly what i expected <laughs> yes and it was, it was great yeah let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after how's it hold up Woof. Oh, man, the sexism in this movie, though, huh? Okay. Like, early on, I was like, well, it's it's 
it's got some issues, but like it should be, but it just kind of kept getting worse. Yeah, yeah. So Peter has that board game out and you see the, the, the characters and one of them is Princess Melisande. Which makes it, you think that she'd like be really important to the story. Yeah. And I'm like, I was thinking, oh, she's going to go on this journey. And so when uh, Carolinas was like, well, you need three people, three people for the quest. Princess Melisande is out of the question. I'm like, but she's on the board. Shouldn't she be on this quest? No. No, she basically just ends up serving as a glorified narrator for most of the movie. Yes. And so, so boring. And so then like Sir What's-His-Face comes in. And and they're all prepping or whatever. And then before they leave, like, Peter and... Sir Orin Neville Smythe. I'm not going to remember any of that. <laughs> uh, Peter and Melisande, like, have a talk and, and they kiss. And so, like, later when they're questing, he's like, I should... Like, you're lucky you're a dragon or I have to challenge you to a duel. And he's like, I, quote, vow to fall... I vow Made to fall vow. in love with her. Oh, yeah, there. Uh, with Melisande. Just when she was of age, of course. She was five when yes, he met her. That story was like... Uh, five years old. Twelve years ago, this is when I met her, she was five. Five plus twelve is... So she's 17. Me. Maybe 18. <laughs> and and this guy who has, like, graying hair... He, look, he looked old when he met her, and he looks older now, obviously. Yeah, it's like... And, and I and would... And, like, the movie never, like, frames this as if it could in any way be a bad thing. Yeah, so I'm like, ugh, that's unpleasant and then like story story here comes uh this archer lady danielle and it's like oh so they're supposed to be together now yeah great i'm so glad that this other main character has a lady that we can pair him with i feel like the guys writing this inserted danielle and was like look now we have this cool confident woman who is able to fight and stuff so now we have like, we did it. Now Now we did it. We have a good woman here. But it's like, it's transparent from moment one that she is literally only introduced so that the knight could have a love interest because he's not going to be with the other girl because the main character is going to be with her. Obviously. So it's like, the intentions are loud and clear the minute she is introduced. Yeah. And it's just, and then the princess is just such a non-character. Like, she's just in love with Peter after barely knowing him. Yeah. She, like, they're just both so obviously written by men, and it's painful. Yeah. <laughs> it's so painful. Yeah, and that it, that Peter is such a, a self-insert or such a uh, a, a fantasy, a, a wish fantasy. fulfillment character. Yes. Of- and sometimes that's fun, and then other times he talks about how I made her everything I ever desired. and Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, so that really at first, like when we were my, midway through the movie, yeah. I thought that like there was just like a decent level of sexism, but it, like eh, you can kind of overlook it. But like it just got worse and worse as stuff went on. Yeah, and it was like oh, like the princess is just going to be a narrator, and she's ultimately going to end up with him. And Danielle literally only exists so that this other guy who was creeping on a five year old can have. Uh, a, per- a lady to be with it's just i was ha- i've i was surprised they didn't introduce like a lady wolf for the wolf guy to be with you know or, or a lady elf for that guy to be with like yeah we picked up another random character who uh, did almost nothing um yeah like he could play the flute any of the stuff he did easily could have been done by another character anyways like i will say the flute playing held up well because 
you would be surprised at how many pieces of media just, like, don't know how someone plays a flute, like, can't even hold it right. And they held it right. And you know what? It's a low bar, but they met that And they bar. drew it right, too, rather than just, like, a stick. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was a good-looking flute. Held correctly. All right. So, Valerie, in high school, were you in band? I don't know what you're talking about. And and what <laughs> instrument did you play in band? Yes, I played the flute. And oh. I noticed it. There, I was watching a show, uh, some, like, Russian crime thing on Amazon Prime, and the uncle knows how to play the flute, and he was just holding it terribly. <laughs> just so wrong. I sent it to my friend who also played the flute. I'm like, can you believe... Can you believe? But <laughs> thankfully, I had nothing wrong to say about this. I'm so glad that this this movie gave you a chance to rant about how flutes are portrayed in media. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love you. <sighs> Anything else for this section that isn't in spoilers? I don't think so. Let's go on to our spoiler, spoiler alert. Skip to 49 minutes and zero seconds. So, okay, where to start here? Okay, seven yeah. seven heads in each one. A simpleton was a fun quote. <laughs> yes, no, the ending ending had lots of fun quotes as but well I guess as some we, bad quotes. We can we can go. I guess be before that. So the ogre that wrecks the inn uh, steals away Danielle and the knight. So they have to go save them, of course. Um, and I was like, well, at least it wasn't just the girl who got damsel I guess. And so Peter tries, in his dragon body, tries to fight the ogre, but, like, kind of ignores literally all the advice he was given and gets knocked out. So then the older dragon has to come help. <laughs> and he he does end up defeating the ogre, but, like, something inside him, like, snapped or whatever during it because he's an old guy. And so he ends up dying. And that's really sad. And um, we were upset about it. Yeah, I was really bummed. I thought they could at least do, like, uh, I'm... Uh... That was too much. Like, I'm tired. I've got to rest. And, like, not a, I'm going to die rest. Like, yeah. I'm just literally going to rest. Nope. He died. No, just died. I'm like, they didn't have to do that. Yeah. So then the rest of them venture into the evil dude's land and they fight uh, a giant worm thing that has a ridiculous face, but I kind of loved it. And it's defeated by uh, Peter breathing fire into its mouth and it just explodes, was which cool. was great. <laughs> um, and then, um, Omadon has like a shadowy master hand come over and make everyone depressed. But that's when the shield finally comes to the fore and it makes master hand go away. I made so many Smash Brothers jokes while it was happening. I'm sorry. (laughs) I couldn't help myself. Then like very soon after that, the dragons are the the dragons that are controlled by the bad guy are sent after them. The flight of dragons. Um, And then the flute comes into play because it puts them all to sleep, but it puts all the dragons to sleep except for Omadon's main evil dragon because he's too powerful slash too in control by Omadon. Yeah, or the yeah. music, the, the magic, his magic. Yeah, but it does that. put Peter to sleep. So Peter's out. Um, Peter slash Gorbash. Right. But then who, then, I mean, yeah, then like basically all of the main characters get killed by the dragon except for the knight who ends up defeating him. But then doesn't he also die? Or does he get killed? Wait, what happens with the knight? No, he gets killed too. Yeah, he, he, with his, like, dying. Yeah, it's like like, a dying blow kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone's dead, and then Obadon actually comes out and is like, 
gloating or whatever but then peter comes out of the dragon as his his human man body and and (laughs) this was just a lot it just like logic rolls the day he was like i thought that two things can occupy the same space and here i am (laughs) so then it's just lots of science terms coming out to omadon yeah grows the seven heads yeah and then these were the quip start that seven heads what is it? Seven, Seven heads? heads and each one a simpleton. Yeah, it's like that one. I'm like, oh, that one's good. And it's like, uh... And then he's like, something, something. Like, what magic is this? Not magic, gas head. Uh, and just like... So I basically, am... he just, like, science and logics the bad guy into oblivion. Yeah, literally. I am science, logic, and the truth, he Just, he like, says. recites a bunch of scientific principles. As I as have as expected as him to throw an E equals MC squared in there. I but... was waiting for it. Uh... <laughs> It, it was a bit underwhelming as a final battle, especially, like, with using the two weapons so quickly after each other, or the shield and the flute. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I'm talking about, pacing. I feel like... And the, the main evil dragon and the knights, like, confrontation, it was probably the best done of the things, but, like, that was built up as with his whole flashback and, like, they have animosity with yeah, each other. Yeah, I thought there would be more back and forth, and yeah. I think it was, like... The dying blow, and that's done. And then this with the lots of talking, lots of science. It was like things. a nerd's wet dream. Like, just, oh, I'm able to just like logic the villain until he dies. And then I go back home. And then and I have this cool shield that I can sell for a lot of money. And that girl I like from the fantasy world comes into my world and just is all over me. And this, I'm like, wow. This 17 year old <laughs> is here now with God. no education. I like when he was, he said something like, like one I used to know. And you and I both immediately started singing somebody that I used to know. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 The ending was a bit underwhelming so so yes the bad guy is defeated that land then becomes their magic haven that they're sealing off from the world to protect it but like when they need magic and they call upon it it's like okay what does that mean (laughs) if somebody like needs a spark of something i the i have a lot of issues with the theming in this movie like obviously like i've mentioned before the whole like evil needs to exist for good to like matter yeah is completely thrown out the window we just murder the evil guy and yeah. there's no like talk about oh the balance is out of whack or anything it's just like oh we're just all happy that he's dead cool yep. um and then like the whole i like the whole idea that's brought up early in the movie of how magic and logic should coexist is barely paid lip service to like coexisting to me doesn't mean sealing yourself in a thing where no one can see you to occasionally help whenever someone needs it, whatever the heck that means. Like it means coexisting. Oh, and I just remembered. But instead it's like, it's basically just like that logic is way better and cooler than magic is how the whole final confrontation is. It's just like, this is objectively better and just defeats magic. And that's not... That doesn't hold up to a message of the things needing to coexist. Yeah. It just doesn't. Yeah. And and I just remembered the initial kind of illustration of like technology hurting nature and, and like magical things was this swan who swimming around. The ugly with, duck. <laughs> yes. This very ugly duck with fairies on it was swimming around and gets pulled under a water wheel. And it's like, 
It looks like there was enough river that you could swim around it. Yeah, no, definitely a, when the when the camera pulled out, it was like you didn't you could have gone around that. Is this a problem that it's like too strong a pull? Like just like gate off it a little bit. So I don't know. And then ugly ducks don't go. Into yeah, it. I'm like that seemed like something that was avoidable. Yeah, but uh, it was a sign of of man's progress or whatever. Yes, like hurting nature and magic. Old uh, man yells at cloud. Oh. oh. And maybe the the swan was dead, and he brought it back to life. I, I'm not sure. The swan. I, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, yeah. Which is like sad, uh, but weird. So, yeah, just heavy handed with the the science thing. It's heavy handed, but then it states theses early on that it doesn't actually care about yeah, slash represent with how the movie goes, like. When those two themes were introduced early on of the idea of magic needs, of, of evil needs to exist for good to matter, I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then when it was like, we don't want logic to take over or to get rid of it, but we want magic and logic to coexist. I was like, okay, that's interesting. But neither of those things are explored in a remotely interesting way. The, the evil needs to exist for good for good or whatever thing is literally just there so that the bad guy can go to the meeting of the four powerful people and hear what they want to do and then say, no, I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. That's the only reason it exists is for that plot point. Yeah. And then the idea of magic and logic coexisting is just literally not a theme of the movie. It just yeah. is. It just isn't. It's brought up like it is, but there's not ever a, a real exploration of that. This movie's idea of coexisting is magic being in its own little dome that logic can't touch. Yeah, and that's not what coexisting no. is. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So that. It's, it's like the it's like the wizarding world in Harry Potter's idea of coexisting, but even worse somehow. <laughs> you don't. I thought you meant like the theme park thing. No, because I'm pretty sure it's called. The, it is, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, the, like the theme park. I mean the actual like universe of how wizards like coexist, but it's like actually you're just basically like a secret society, and if you coexisted, the world would be really interesting with how technological advances like plumbing could and, uh, help your society and how your interesting magical stuff could could help ours but that's not what they're doing right right yeah so there's disappointments there very big disappointments yes um and then also it's very sexist like we've talked about so that's uh, why we that's why we say that like there's a, there's a lot of stuff that we enjoy, but there's a lot of stuff that we don't like in here. Yeah, because, again, with the ending, Carolina sends her to that time, and so... She's like, can I go with him? And he's like, oh, that's the one question I was afraid you'd ask. And I'm like, they barely know each other. I know. This isn't even a Romeo and Juliet thing, because at least Romeo and Juliet had some, like, romantically charged interactions. This is like... This dude showed up, and I just decided I liked him when he barely spoke to me. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> it's, it not, it's like literally no relationship. It's like literally moving for this man <laughs> to a time where she has no idea what's going on. People try to talk about how the Little Mermaid is problematic. The Flight of Dragons is problematic. Like, no, she's not aware of these things. She's totally dependent on him now because it's yeah, not her time. Yeah, if she tries to break away, what is she going to do? She's not going to know how to exist in this world. God, it's so messed up. Yeah. 
Uh, so frustrating. Anything else with spoilers? I don't think so. Spoilers over and done so. Let's talk about favorites and least favorites. Okay. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? For me, it was the scene in which a grown man told me that he pledged to fall in love with a five-year-old when she was of consenting age or whatever, of Just course. Just of it, yeah. Yeah. Old enough or something. Right. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree. That or her, her and Peter kissing the first time of like... You don't know this guy. Yeah, but I think the, the pedophilia is going to edge it out just a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. But yes, both are bad. Favorite scene in the movie? Yeah, probably them explaining how Dragonflight works. And then he's like, I'm going to draw it. I'm going to burn this stick so I can draw what a dragon looks like. Yes. And then we can be like, oh, it's like a honeycomb. But yeah. Silly, but it's, it's fun. It's so silly, but it is it's fun. We'll loop- Although I'll cut the, the being mean to dorps part out of that scene. <laughs> I was going to say, loop that in there. It's funny. It's so mean. <laughs> They're just like another day. Yeah. I'm having to give all of our gems to these evil dragons. It's they'll like, kill us. It's like, let him talk. He likes to blow fire into the hole. So we can't go out before he does that. Right. Or else he'll he feel- does this every time. Yeah. So like once they blow the fire... Then it's like, okay, now we can come out. It's yes. like, yes, we have all the sacks ready. We'll give you your dumb gems, but we'll let you do that. Okay, here are your dumb gems. I more or less agree with you. I, that's my favorite scene, except not the dwarves part. I add that. <laughs> um, who was your least favorite character? I think maybe Peter. But if Peter wasn't in the movie, that scene wouldn't exist. I'm not saying that he should go away. I'm saying I don't really like him compared to the other ones. Because, yeah, I mean, he's the main character, but... I feel like I gotta give it to Sir Knight, though. I I liked when he came in with, like, I want some tea! I mean, him and Peter both have have scenes that I like, but I feel like the most problematic for me elements came up because of the Knight character, so... Uh, But then in the flashback is overall really... Just just both of those men. I'm just going to say both of them. (laughs) I'm going to say Peter because the ending was disappointing for me. Sure. And he was just all in that. Yeah. Favorite character in the movie? Probably Smurgle. Yeah. Solarius is a second. Which, what's that? The the space and water wizard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he wasn't just If he'd been in more of the movie, maybe him. But no, I I think Smurgle. Yeah, he's pretty great. Yes. I don't think he even does anything problematic. He just talks about wanting to except, go mate, but uh, that's cool. Except uh, holding up some dwarves. You don't like that? <sighs> I don't know if I could say that's problematic, but it's mean. <laughs> and that's a problem. I guess. <laughs> this movie wasn't a musical, but man, that song was great, huh? That one song in the movie? Sure, yeah. It's pretty great. Um, if Tim Curry played a role in this movie... Who would he be? There's lots of men in this movie, so there's lots of options. Yes. He obviously can't be the main villain because that's James Earl Jones. Well, okay, that's what I'm saying. But? I mean, it would be different. It's James Earl Jones. It would be a different take. It would be more sassy. You want to take this movie that has James Earl Jones in it and remove James Earl Jones? I just want to talk about it. I don't know if I want to talk about it, but go on. I mean, like, he's a good villain. uh, A good... Tim Curry is a good villain. Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> Tim Curry, like, voices 
Like, yes. he has very notable villain voice. You know who else has a very notable villain voice? It's James Earl Jones. Okay, fine. I guess I'll let it go. <laughs> who, who do you think, then? He can't be the knight. I don't want to see Tim Curry go down that lane. I mean, how about Smirkle? That could be fun. Right? That'd be pretty fun. Like, a kind of a mentor I think character. he'd have even more of a sense of humor. He'd, like, I, can you, can you, like, hear the Tim Curry, like, jovial laugh coming uh-huh. from that dragon? Sure, That'd sure, sure. would be pretty sure. great. I think that's my number one pick. That's actually, that seems really nice, because, like, he could do another wizard. Uh, he could be, he's Carolinus. That'd be okay. That'd be okay, but I, I But Carolinus, like, like, is really prominent in the first half of the movie, and then not really in the second half at all. So, that's why I think I'd vote for Smurgle, because he's more consistently in the movie. Yeah. And also, I like him better as a character, but... Yeah, no, I... I, I think, think he could do either role, though. But I, I think Smurgle, I like that. Here's my um, wild pitch, though. The the little elf guy. Little elf guy? Yeah. He's not in there much at all. He's not. But <laughs> if he were voiced by Tim Curry... Like that? That's Tim Curry. <laughs> and he plays a flute. Or the evil guy's dragon, but... He like has like two lines, so yeah, that's even less than I, I between a uh, little guy and dragon. I think the dragon because he could be more menacing with that. Sure, sure, but Smurgle. Yeah, that's, I like yeah, that. That's my yeah. That's my vote. All right, let's go on to our overall consensus and how we would rate it. I think I'm gonna say I'm I'm vacillating between a two point five and a two point seven five. Do you recommend it? I don't know. I I I enjoyed parts of it, but the like the ending was uh, unsatisfactory. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I enjoyed that less than most of the movie. Yes, the ending is pretty much definitely the weakest part, besides the five year old thing. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I mean, if if you want to see it, I'm not going to tell you not to. But if somebody asked for a movie recommendation i would not say this movie and then maybe i'd i'd find clips of the dragon stuff to be like that's neat so there is that and i'll give it a 2.5 settling at a 2.5 i love how you're just giving the thumbs up to the (laughs) microphone Uh, (laughs) yeah you can hear my thumbs up (laughs) i would recommend it, but not to young kids because it's too sexist. And I mean any kids. I don't mean, oh, so it's fine to show it to your boys. Don't implant sexist ideologies into young boys either. Uh, plus, they could end up being young girls. You don't know. Anyways, so I wouldn't say for young kids. But I think if you're if you're old enough to know what's what, more or less... Uh, I would recommend checking it out at least once. Kind of see if it's your bag. There's a lot of elements of it... That are really of the time, some in very bad ways, but others in, in some pretty delightful ways. The animation is, is pretty fun. The dragon designs are, are rad. Some of the other creature design is rad. The way that dragons work is really cool. Some of the nerdy stuff is, is charming. Some of it is less charming, but there's a lot of charming nerdiness in here. I think I would recommend giving it a watch at least once. Uh, just know going in that it's it's pretty sexist um, and you're going to have to deal with that. I would rate it, yeah, 2.5 sounds good. I'm going to give it a 2.5. There Um, you go. Yeah. Yeah. I feel good about that. 2.5 crushed limestone. 2.5 dragon burps. You know if you do this, you're going to have to start doing it for every episode. 2.5 
flute players. <laughs> I mean, this is my new favorite bit. <laughs> 2.5 heads that are simpletons. <laughs> I love 2.5 ugly ducks. <laughs> Take your pick. Babe, I'm so in love with you. <laughs> You're so. This is the woman I married, and I'm so happy about it. Yeah, they don't want to hear this part. <laughs> <laughs> they will. Um, next time, we are going to watch. Not what I was going to say when we originally recorded, because. Mulan had to shift stuff around. So next time we are going to be watching The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, the Disney movie, as we start our annual Halloween Spookablu. So be there for that and two more episodes after it that are part of our Halloween times. And thank you for listening. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening.